Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, LinkedIn for Managers, Part 2. Last week, we reviewed our recommendations for everybody. Today, we talk about what it means for you as a manager. Here we go. So now that we've covered that, let's talk a little bit about this Fortune article, because it is very, very interesting, and they echoed a lot of the things we shared in the cast and, and many of our ideas as well. So, Yeah, I literally, I tried to figure out how to do this, because we've never done this before, where we referred so directly to a particular you know, periodical, but it just kept stunning me, this article, point after point after point after point. So basically, what we've done here is we've We've gone through, and the points that I found really powerful, I just excerpted them, and I want to talk about each one of them. Okay, so the first one, Accenture, the consulting firm, the management consulting firm here in the U.S., uh, of course, they're, they're global. They just happen to be headquartered here. or Maybe they're headquartered in Grand Cayman or something. Accenture will hire 50,000 people this year. And by the way, if you think that's a big number, folks, Home Depot is going to hire 80,000 people in the year 2010. I know, I know, nobody's hiring, but these companies are. 50,000 is a lot. That's a lot of people. But here's the kicker. Their director of worldwide recruiting, I think that's his title, I could be wrong, said in this article, we intend to get 40% of them through social media. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, that is just amazing. Those are actual numbers. 50,000 people this year, 40% through social media. Do the math. That's 20,000 people through social media this year. This is a huge watershed. This is LinkedIn wasn't doing that a year ago, period. Okay. If you're not electro electronically available to a company that's making 20,000 hires through social media, and we'll talk more about which social media in a second, you're by definition second tier. You're essentially giving everybody who's already on LinkedIn, in this case, a first shot at, at opportunities. Yeah. And if you're interested in working for Accenture, and Accenture is a great company. I know a lot of people there and they're, they're Yeah, awesome. it's a great company. If you're interested in working for Accenture and you're not on LinkedIn, you've almost cut your, your chances in by half. I mean, yeah, exactly. pretty significant. Basically, what this tells you is when they're doing that, when they're going on LinkedIn looking for people that are good, the career and recruiting market, folks, has become disintermediated. There's no middleman as a recruiter anymore. Oh, there are still recruiters. Don't get me wrong. But LinkedIn becomes the transparent, frictionless marketplace that every company and every candidate hypothetically wants, unless you're a candidate who wants to hide your flaws. Okay. This is a very good thing. Well, it's for, a good thing if you're online and you have a professional well, yeah, sure, yeah. presence on, on, on LinkedIn and other social media. Yeah. Okay. But I would argue this. I could argue it's a good thing anyway, even if you're not, because the choice up until now has been recruiting firm or networking, which everyone hates networking. By the way, we have a cast called Build Your Network, and we don't recommend you go networking. We recommend you build your network. Okay. But, you know, there, there are one of two ways to do it. You can, you can interact with recruiters, which nobody seems to want to do and nobody seems to take the time to do, or you can spend some time online and create a, a profile on LinkedIn that could get you noticed provided you have the right skills. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the second point that we both thought was terribly important, which the idea that Facebook is fun and tweets have a short shelf life. Explain that. What we, yeah, we found yeah. This is that. almost a quote directly from the article. Uh, and we bow to to fortune for this. If you're thinking about other social media in that 20,000 people, stop. 
Facebook is searched, you will be looked at, but only to rule you out. Oh, there are rare exceptions, but you're not that exception, folks. If you're a thought leader, it's possible tweeting your your thought leading thoughts (laughs) might help. But you have to be a thought leader first, in which case you're already known and you don't need LinkedIn or Twitter for that matter. Tweets, and look, we love Twitter, don't get us wrong, seem to have an inherent inverse relationship to permanence. Companies do not hire for ephemera, they hire for permanence. And so both Facebook and tweets are great social media for what they were intended for, and they are not intended for the professional world. Uh, I, I'm sure the people at Facebook and Twitter would disagree, and I know there's a lot of great professional tweeting and companies and so on, but in terms of your career as an individual, they don't make sense. They're not the professional, they're not the social media that are going to be where careers are uh, uh, born and made. Yeah, well, I'll put it this way, because I, I've seen folks that have built their careers, they've, they've built a presence using Facebook and Twitter, it happens, but it is a long hard slog. So if you just look at it from the perspective of return on investment of your time, the return on investment on LinkedIn has just got to be phenomenally greater than on either Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. But look, here's the thing. You put together 20,000 through social media at one company and you eliminate the two other big social medias. And what that means is 19,900 are going to come through yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah. Start there at least. Right? Yeah. <laughs> So I was stunned by this. I didn't realize that LinkedIn has so many visitors. They had 17 million visitors in February alone. Yeah. Look, people are signing up. Folks are building and updating their profiles. And that means you have to go to the website. And other people are looking at those public profiles and try to get a sense of you in groups to see whether or not they ought to be interested in you. Here it is. Let's let's stun people with this. LinkedIn is in the top 30 of all sites worldwide in traffic. Eight of those top 30 sites, folks, are owned by Google, Google China, Google US, uh, Google Germany, Google France, and so on, okay? Others are Microsoft sites, and there are a few Yahoo sites. Basically, LinkedIn, the social media everybody ignored when Facebook exploded, uh, that everybody ignored when Twitter grew onto the scene, and so on. The social media that everybody says is not for kids, it's not fun, it's not interesting, is one of the 20 biggest websites in the world today. Yeah. What I found even more interesting was the people that visit there. The average visitor is 43 years old. 43 years old. That which, yeah. is, which for people other than you and I is ancient, but yeah, like four, 43 years young and average making $107,000 a year. 25% of the folks on LinkedIn are senior executives. Yeah. Now, look, if you're a junior manager or you're not even a manager and you're interested in being in manager, how bad is, is that? I mean, to yeah. be exposed to 25% of our senior executives. Yeah. Holy yep. moly. Yeah, exactly. Look, it's it's careers, right? People see this as a place where they might get lucky. I hate to use that phrase. And I have to say, it's not luck, but it'll happen. Yeah. Well, talking about senior executives, Oracle met their CFO on LinkedIn. This is Oracle and we're this talking is a, about. This is a, what, an $18 billion, $20 billion a year company? It's senior people. It's not just managers, not just folks who wouldn't justify interest from a retained search firm. In other words, people who are being recruited by search firms are being recruited on LinkedIn. Okay. And by the way, if you don't know what a retained search firm is, there's content on executive recruiters in our show on how to handle headhunters and executive recruiters. 
The thing is, LinkedIn is well-regarded across the spectrum. If you're a professional who wants to be a manager, or if you're a manager, or if your level's above management, it's simply not smart to not be on LinkedIn. Yeah. You mentioned to me in the article, one of the first things you said to me was the fact that folks, you know, professionals are using LinkedIn in different ways, like like sales folks using it to make contacts ahead of, in advance of sales meetings. Yeah, it just, they made a long list of things, but that one just really struck me. All right, I'm going ready to a sales meeting. Let me go find out what the, who this person is and what their background is and so on. Yeah, that's one of those duh moments, right? Like, duh. Yeah, yeah. you just kind of go, oh, geez, there, here's profiles. I've got my profile up there. I assume if somebody's going to call me, they're going to check my profile, right? Why not look? Why not see the backgrounds and interests and so on? Why not know who your competitors are? If I discover that one of my competitors' recruiters or one of my competitors' more senior people went to the same school as one of my directs, I'd be paying special attention to that direct a little bit more, knowing that there's a natural connection there. And if they're in alumni groups, I certainly want to know that. Oh, certainly you would. We mentioned as well about presenting your skills attractively, i.e., you know, packing your profile with keywords, making it easy to find you. Yeah, I think this is one place where the resume thing will trip people because we do recommend keywords in the profile, particularly in the summary, but also in the employment history as well. It's funny, we did just recommend this, what we recorded a couple of weeks ago before the Fortune article came out. Over and over again, all of our recommendations are echoed by the Fortune article. If you read the article, it gets the sense that Reid Hoffman, the, the founder, the chairman of, of LinkedIn basically vetted or didn't vet, but listened to all the recommendations that Fortune was going to make and agreed with them in such a way that if he had fundamentally disagreed with them, they probably wouldn't have put him in there. And the founder of the firm wants you to be on LinkedIn the way Career Tools recommends you want to be on LinkedIn. Now, look, he's probably biased, but we're not. We've studied this. We've paid attention to it for the last year, and you simply can't get away from it. And what he says is, you know, take some time, put together your profile carefully, and then make sure you use keywords to your advantage. And we'll be, you know, I'm sure there'll be questions in the forums about how, you know, here's here, here's what I would have on my resume. What kind of keywords would I use? And we'll be happy to help there. Yep. And again, they bugged your phone and they recommended yeah, that you connect right. through groups. Yeah, that's right. We, we <laughs> said a year ago, right? And Wendy said it a year ago. You got you to use groups to connect. And in fact... That's what they said. They said, you use groups and connect to your alumni, connect to people at other companies and other industries that may have similar interests to you. There are groups about hobbies as well. So, Given the, the level of professionalism and the, the, the type and the demographics of folks that are on LinkedIn, it's not surprising that the feedback you get out of LinkedIn is better than Facebook. And they had a few stories there that were interesting. You know, this is something that really struck me. And I take no credit for this insight because I'm, I'm late to the game. But I have been listening to my family talk about Facebook and emails they get about Facebook and what's on my wall and what's this and what's that. And please, folks, don't get me wrong. I'm sure I'm going to get some hate mail about this. I kind of thought, and maybe from my daughter, Kate, I kind of thought that a lot of the stuff I, I heard about on Facebook was kind of inane. It was really short-lived. It was ephemeral, to use the word we used earlier. And it just didn't amount to much. Yeah, it's like chatter. It's like when you sometimes, it, nothing wrong. When you talk to your friend, right, you call somebody up, you talk about nothing. You might be on the phone for half. Now, I don't have these conversations. I do not like these conversations. But a lot of people tell me they do, where they talk to their friend and you, after the end of the phone call, they say, well, what'd you talk about? So oh, nothing. Just, you know, talked about what's going on. That's yeah. that's Facebook. That's not LinkedIn, though. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I, yeah, somebody... 
I happen to know a, a friend of one of my children who, who happens to have an iPhone and, uh, he made a big deal about the iPhone and the day, you know, he's so excited about his iPhone. And a day later, his Facebook status says bored. I mean, here we've <laughs> given this child an iPhone and they have, I, I guess maybe they're just accessing it on Facebook. They don't have a, a PC or a laptop of their own or whatever they're using their families, but their status is bored. I thought, okay. It reminded me of the quote, a lot of people who wish to live forever uh, end up being bored on lazy Sunday afternoons. And those are the last people we want to live forever. <laughs> um, to me, the LinkedIn experience is qualitatively different than on Facebook and on MySpace. An example, the example they told us of a, or the writer or somebody involved in this story had a child that was going through a, a program or was getting ready to go to a program and he was looking for insight into the program and his Facebook queries were basically, oh, you know, nice and light and congratulatory and so on. The ones on LinkedIn were thoughtful and detailed and came from people with experience. Um, these were asks out to this person's uh, network. Um, so it was noticeably different. We've started reaching out to our groups as well. We're trying to provide extra value there to encourage traffic and uptake. We just think there's value in being connected. If you're a manager trying to be a better manager, there's nothing wrong with trying to know, with wanting to know other managers who want to try to be better as well. Right. And if you're a manager and you recruit people and you hire people, you just can't not be aware of the fact that your recruiting cost savings are enormous with LinkedIn if you use it effectively. Yeah, th this is really where it's going to get scary how big it is. And I, I wonder if there's going to be data provided about the number of searches that are conducted that are just LinkedIn searches. Now, of course, the search firms are going to say they're not searches, right? Because only search firms can do searches. But <laughs> right. if I'm a manager, if I'm an executive looking to fill a position and the position gets filled, I conducted a search, right? Search is, is a word that tends to be more formalized, but I think it's going to get overrun by, by LinkedIn. Consider, companies are finding managers and executives here directly. There's no need for a recruiter. There's no need for a job board posting, which, by the way, takes time and it costs money, okay? Why pay a recruiter? when they don't know as much about your specialty as you yourself do. And at lower levels, if you're a director looking for a manager, right? You're a manager of managers and looking for fill a slot, slot, and you can't get a search firm's attention to fill the slot or you can't get the budget to use a search firm. They don't know anything about the details of your position. They just don't. If you're recruiting VPs, what you know about what directors and managers do is pretty limited. Otherwise, you've got a lot of free time on your hand. You said it earlier, LinkedIn disintermediates recruiting, right? The marketplace yeah. is less friction. There's more transparency. And you as a manager can recruit directly either for an existing opening or for a future one without the help that adds time from recruiters. Yeah, and the help, right? Yeah, if, we have a, if we have help from a recruiter, it takes time, right? Yep. But if you're building your bench now, one of our fundamental principles about, about recruiting is don't fill openings, build your bench. And when you have an opening, it essentially gets filled by your bench. And then there was never an opening. Yeah. That's right? beautiful. Yeah. Talking about disintermediation, by the way, uh, Hydrogen Struggles has figured that one out. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, Hydrogen Struggles in the article, Hydrogen Struggles is a company I really respect a lot. I know several of their recruiters. They're great people. They're really good at executive search, retained and, and contingency search. They now get 7% of their revenue from advising companies. Their CEO admits in this article that LinkedIn nearly blows up the business. He went out and visited Reed Hoffman and talked to him about their experience. And he started building a business in their company to advise companies about leadership and about hiring and so on. He knows that he's not going to make as much money on placements. So he wants to use the knowledge that they had in placement to advise companies about how to hire. And I must say, 
if you consider how big we believe LinkedIn's going to be, you'd be crazy not to do that because his intellectual power is not just in people. Look, the people are now all immediately available digitally, right? So the power is in the intellectual knowledge of which one to hire and why. And that's an advisory service. Well, I went to the website just to validate this and to check on a couple of things. And it actually, on the front page of Hydrogen Struggles website, it says, we are the world's number one leadership advisory firm. They don't call themselves a search firm anymore. Search firm anymore. Now, even though they only get 7% of their business from that, that's what they call themselves now. Yeah, it's interesting. I was struck by the fact that even to the founder of LinkedIn, some concerns about pictures. Yeah. Look, I, I want to say it again. If you don't want to put up a picture, it's fine. If you do, it's got to be a headshot. There are some issues around it in the US, not so much in Europe, but he was aware of the concerns regarding discrimination and hiring, you know, basically visual cues, gender and racial sort of stuff, but they do allow pictures. And the concept that he shared is it's more transparent to do so. So he recommends you do it and he recommends caution. And so do we. Yeah. Okay. So it's an interesting article. We've covered the high the high points here, but if you haven't if you haven't read it, you might find it interesting. It's worth reading. And again, call your your fortune salesperson and tell them to recommend manual tools <laughs> and career tools. <laughs> so okay, so let's let's talk about our guidance about using LinkedIn to build your bench. It's been a while since we've talked about that. So let's let's yeah. talk about building your bench a little bit. Yeah. Again, three steps. You add people you meet to your network. You put them in LinkedIn, right? You stay in touch with them. You at, you join groups that have relevance to you, and you basically keep track of your network, which essentially becomes the starting point of your bench, and you use LinkedIn to do it. So let's go. Okay, so in detail, we're recommending you move your network out of Outlook and into LinkedIn. Doesn't mean you can't use Outlook as, as a task generator to remind you to, to contact people, but we recommend you you use LinkedIn because... LinkedIn has the detailed profile you'll want and you will do, we don't want you spending hours entering profile information into your Outlook database which frankly your company owns anyway in most cases. Yeah, you lose your job and you get escorted out of your your office you don't have your Outlook yeah. contact anymore. <laughs> you're you're stuck unless you followed our other advice, but certainly LinkedIn that makes that a whole lot easier. Yeah, people got really mad when we said you've got to have a printed copy of your contact list. Don't leave it on your company thing. And oh man, people wrote and said, you're an idiot. You're a Luddite. It'll never, you know, geez, no way, no way. Right. Then we got the emails from folks telling us that they had, they had actually thank you, printed thank you, thank you. it and thank God they did. Yeah, exactly. So LinkedIn allows you to keep it digitally. We still recommend keeping a printed copy, but LinkedIn allows you to keep it digitally and it's yours. It's not your company's. Of course, it would be a very good idea if you use your personal, if you have a personal email address and you use that for your connections on LinkedIn. But look, all that information is there and no sense in not taking advantage of it. So we do recommend your network be in LinkedIn. And you get weekly updates about all the changes, which is great. I mean, you, you, you might reach out to 30 people in a given couple of week period or in a month, say, but if somebody changes jobs, you want to say something about that, right? You, you, you want to touch base with them. So we recommend you keep in touch. You use control shift K and control G, which causes you to create a task to stay in touch with Joe Smith and then control G, which gets a recurrence of however long, every three or four months, for instance. You know, when you get an update that mentions somebody in your no in your network, and of course, everybody, you only get updates about people in your network, send a note, right? Hey, saw that you got a new role. Good luck. Let me know if I can help or hope the move to Chicago goes well or hope your Asia experience is great. Keep me posted. So you want to keep in touch. And then LinkedIn does something else that we think is very powerful. We think most people struggle to stay in touch with their existing 
network, the people that they know, the, their friends and associates that they consider part of their expanded family and friends. The beauty of the digital system that LinkedIn provides, and lots of other systems, but LinkedIn is is the 900-pound gorilla now, is it's not just how easy it is to stay in touch with your contacts. It's how easy you can get in touch with people that they know as well. It's amazing how big your secondary network can be through your friends. It's not just a walk in the park to get referrals. Um, not everybody behaves that way. But other people that your network knows you can leverage your relationship to get an introduction to those people. And I would be willing to bet you that in two degrees of separation for the average manager with a hundred or more contacts on LinkedIn, and this is a probably a little bit of a stretch, but I'd be willing to bet you can get to any company that is a fortune 5,000 company in America in two steps, yeah. not seven. Yep. Because it's professional because it's scoped that way. Yeah. And we talked about groups earlier, and we absolutely recommend that you join groups that have relevance to you, right? Yeah. Look, we, we ought to be in a group about podcasting, about management, about careers, and we will. We can think of five to six groups that make sense if you're a steel mill manager. You don't have to join every group all at once, but do it a bit at a time. Pay attention to the traffic generated in the groups, and you can get group digest mails sent to you. It's a choice you have, and we recommend it. And then, look, the last thing is keep track, right? Your, your bench is right there. All those people that you know could potentially be your bench and new friends go into your network and you stay in touch with them. And then you get impressed by something that they do. Then you see more successes. They get a promotion. You're, you're pleased by that. They do you a favor. You do them a favor. And now you think, wow, when I think about the best people I know for this opening, one of the people on that list is somebody who's not in my company, somebody I'd never even met before, but I know him or her because of LinkedIn and because of our connection at a conference two years ago that I've kept warm by staying in touch. And literally that could be your bench and, and that person's in your bench. And then you have a con you, you send them a note and say, you know, I've actually been thinking about an opening and you've impressed me three or four times. This is a really funny example, but my kids love to play call of duty online. And if they've had a particularly good match, my kids are thrilled when they get a request, a friend request from somebody they just played with. There's plenty of people online in the, in the online gaming, particularly in the first person shooter world that are, that are quite frankly vulgar and juvenile and rude and idiotic um, and selfish. And then there are others who are pretty normal professional people uh, uh, of all ages. I'm sure they've been befriended by 50 year olds and five year olds as well, but they're just thrilled when they get a request. They've been playing with people who are strangers far away from them and they get a request. And, and I'll just tell you, if, if you were connected to somebody and you pay attention to them and you note that they've been doing well, and then suddenly you think, wow, that guy has supply chain experience. And then suddenly you mentioned to him, Hey, you know, by the way, I don't know if you ever thought about moving out to the West coast, but we have a supply chain opening. And the guy says, wow, I'm flattered. Can you tell me more? They will never not be in your network after that. There you go. Yeah. It's so easy and so powerful. Yeah. So some simple recommendations for managers. Obviously, we make all the rec we, we encourage you to make all the same things that we recommend on the career tool side. On the management side, we recommend you start thinking about it in terms of recruiting and in building your bench. Awesome. Yeah, a, a lot to talk about and thrilled that Fortune thinks the way we do. And yet, it, it's kind of rare that we do the connection between career tools and manager tools. You know, I, I was thinking the other day about, about career tools shows. I mean, I, it occurs to me that how to give a decision briefing, that's a recent show that I, I'm sure that managers would use and, you know, how to ask for advice, attending a meeting for your boss, admitting mistakes, how to be successful at career tools, disagreeing with your boss, how to answer questions about career history, what stuff to wear at a presentation when you're presenting. You know, those are things that managers might want as well. 
by this time, there's probably 69 of them. So if, if you're yeah. a manager tool listener and you're not listening to career tools, there's, you know, there's, there's almost 70 shows there on, on a variety of topics that you'll probably find interesting that you're missing. Okay. Thanks, partner. All right, man. We'll see you. Hey, if you have an iPhone, an iPod Touch, or I guess now an iPad, and you haven't checked out the Manager Tools iPhone app, please do so. I think you'll find it useful for keeping in touch with what's going on in the Manager Tools community. You can find it in the Apple App Store. Just search for Manager Tools. All right, folks. See you next week. So long. <laughs>